Something to note, all myths have many versions and variations. For this episode, we've selected the stories that are most entertaining and supplemented them with additional research into Celtic traditions. Our versions may not be the myth you're familiar with, but we hope you enjoy them. And be warned, today's episode contains discussions of murder and graphic violence. Please exercise caution for listeners under 13. He sits at the back of the pub, far away from the young folk Kaylee dancing and the old men nursing their pints. He's an old man himself, but it's not until you really look at him, look into his pale, roomy eyes, that you see the depth of it. Age has crushed this man like a great wave, leaving him blinking and gasping for air. His fingers shake as he raises his cup of tea, spilling the long, cold liquid over his hands. The young lads at the bar simper and laugh at this. They take the man for a fool. The barmaid scolds them as she bustles by, rag in hand, to clean the mess. This man may be old as the hills, but there's no foolishness in his mind. Every night when the music dies and the patrons stumble home, the barmaid sits with the old man and helps him write his stories. Ah, Mary, thank you for the tea. There's a good lass. I'm so close. I have to get it all down before it's too late. Oh, what a curse is age, Mary. Would you believe me if I told you I wasn't always this way? I can see from your smile you've heard such things before. Of course, all old men were once young lads, but I doubt there ever was another that had old age come upon them so fast. I can still feel the warm sun of Tienano, the land of youth. I was king there once, and my queen, Maniev, she was daughter of the fair folk, who then we called the Tuadidanen, and she was mine. Three long years I lived in that place, but even in the land of eternal joy, I found myself missing something. So my Niv gave me her horse to carry me back to my homeland to visit my family before I left. She bid me to take care not to fall off. <laughs> I only wish I had heeded her warning. Imagine my shock when I come home and everything's changed. The clothes are funny, the houses are funny, even the accents are funny. Uh, and when I ask for news of my father, they look at me like a child. Fionn McCool? No, surely I have never heard of him. When I heard this, I forgot Maniev's advice. I'd leapt from my horse, ready to shake some sense into them. And that's when I felt it. My hair went white, my legs buckled. I... It wasn't three years I'd been gone. It was 300. Mary leaned forward, intrigued. She was used to tall tales from the men who passed through the inn, 
But looking into old O'Sheen's eyes, she saw something different there. She believed him. It's not natural for one to live so long. I know I don't have much time before I'm called back to those sunny fields. Not as a king, but as a peaceful sleeper. But before I do, I must get it all down. The people must not forget the deeds of the great Fionn Makul. Welcome to Mythology, a Spotify original from Parcast. Every Tuesday, we present dramatic stories from ancient mythology and explore their origins. I'm your host and narrator, Vanessa Richardson. You can find all episodes of Mythology and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. Today is our first episode about Fionn McCool a warrior with the power of unbridled wisdom, Fionn was the leader of the Fianna, a band of fighters sworn to defend Ireland. His deeds, which were popularized as far back as the 7th century CE, form a great Irish body of work called the Fenian Cycle. The tales are often narrated by Fionn's son, Oisin, and tell of a man caught between myth and the real world. In the cycle, Fionn interacts with fairies as well as real historical figures from Ireland. As a man, he saves the country many times over from monsters and demons, but his famous deeds started long before his first battle. At the tender age of 10, Fionn set out into the world, determined to restore his family's legacy or die trying. Coming up, a young Fionn comes of age. It feels like we're all being told to go on this diet, take that supplement. Ozempic will give you depression, but you know what'll cure that? Weed. Or you could try to balance your hormones. At Science Versus, we're like... What the f*** is going on? Forget the crap online and listen to Science Versus. Just the facts. Oh, and a bunch of stupid jokes. What is a ghost's favorite fruit? Booberries. That's Science VS. New season out on Spotify soon. Once, long, long ago, when the Tua de Danen still lived in the hills, there was an ancient wood in the mountains of Schlieve Bloom. Deep in the heart of that wood was a clearing, and one day, inside the clearing, two foes met. One a white-haired boy, and the other a one-eyed hare. All right, Gulmukmorna, you winking rogue. There's nowhere left to run. The boy crouched low as he stalked the hare, trotting softly on bare feet. In one hand, he held a crude spear, a stick sharpened to a rough point and hardened in the fire. I bet you don't know who I am. But look into my eyes, McMorna. You've seen them before. You watched the life fade from them when you betrayed my father. I am Fionn, son of Cool, and I bring you the gift of death! Fionn leapt, his crude spear aimed right for the rabbit's heart, 
but the animal was too quick. Moments before impact, the creature leapt high into the air and took off bounding across the field. No! <clears throat> Come back here, you villain! I will have my vengeance! I will have your head on a stick and your legs roasting over the fire! Your heart in my stew! Uh, now what am I going to eat? Do you like bread and pork? I think I've even got some cheese if you want it. Fionn whipped around, his spear at the ready. Standing at the edge of the trees was a tall man, coppery hair poking out from under the hood of his traveling cloak. Hey, no need for that spear, Fionn son of cool. I've got no quarrel with you, unlike that rabbit. Betrayed your father, did he? The man smiled rakishly as he spoke, his friendly tone putting Fionn at ease. Fionn lowered his sharpened stick. Come and have something, would you? I'm sure they can hear you clear across Leinster. Just past the tree line, the man had set up a small camp in the shade of a tall oak tree. As he approached, Fionn caught the glimpse of a long sword beneath the man's cloak. He took the food the man offered and peppered the man with questions. Where do you come from? What's your name? Have you killed anyone? Where's your horse? I thought all knights had horses. They do, but I'm not a knight, just a simple soldier, fighting for whoever fills my pockets. Who are you fighting for now? Do you fight for Clan Morna? Clan Morna? <laughs> Not likely. Those cheap nitwits couldn't afford me. Good. What's all this about the Morna? I heard you threatening that hair like he was Gaul himself. Though I'd say that hair was a mite better looking than old Gaul. You've met him? In the flesh. Nasty piece of work, that man. Cruel. They say Lou himself plucked out his eye. And he's been bitter about it since. But I'll give him one thing. Losing that eye made him a crafty old codger. They say he's cleverer than even the High King Khan himself. What is it a young scamp like you wants with him? I meant to kill him. A long time ago, before I was born, he betrayed my father. I mean to pay him back in kind. So you really are cool, son. I thought the stories of his child were just rumors. Suddenly, Fionn became very aware that he knew almost nothing about this man. Fionn had the distinct feeling the soldier was looking at him not as a boy, but as a prize. And you've been living out here in secret all these years with your aunts. Would you show me where? Take me to them. How do you know about my aunts? Everyone's heard the stories of Bob Mall and Leah Lucra, fearsome druidesses of the woods. I'm sorry. I should be going home now. I'm not really supposed to be talking to strangers. Wait. It's all right. I mean you no harm. Look, you don't have to tell me anything. Here, take this. He unbuckled the long sword from around his waist and offered it to Fionn. A proper warrior needs a proper sword, don't you think? Especially if he's got such a weighty mission on his shoulders. Fionn took the sword. He had to tie the belt double to get it to hang right around his waist. It dragged in the dirt behind him, but he beamed all the same. It was his. <laughs> Thanks! 
Slán gefófjön. I hope our paths cross again. A raven speaks. Dark news, I fear. But what does it say? Someone's coming. I can see him at the edge of my vision. Fionn arrived home after dusk to find his aunts, Bav Mall and Leah Lucra, busy at their work. Both women were druids, learned in the natural arts and keepers of wisdom. I'm home! No, that's not it. Not Fionn. Then who? Who are you talking to? Boy, did you meet someone in the woods today? Actually, I did. There was a soldier. A man of war. It's a bloody black omen, that. No, he was a nice man. He gave me this sword. Blacker still. He knew of Gomukmorna. Ants, you search all day for signs in the words of ravens and the patterns of moss, but this is a real one. Someone from the outside who knows my enemy. It's like I've been telling you, I'm old enough to leave now and meet my destiny. You're barely old enough to leave your nappies behind. That sword is as tall as you, Arfian. You must stay here. Study the ways of the woods. Learn our magics. Give it time. Your destiny will wait for you. I've given it time. Ants, I run as swift as the deer in the woods. My spear is as fierce as a wolf's tooth. The forest has taught me all its secrets. Only the young and the foolish are so certain. I don't care. I know I'm ready. And if you won't help me, maybe that soldier will. Fionn rose to his feet and stormed out the door, dragging the sword behind him. The two druidesses looked at each other. Someone's coming for you, Fionn. I only hope it's to help and not to harm. Coming up... Fionn sets out for adventure and makes a friend. The I-5 Strangler, the Southside Dentist, the Berlin Butcher. Meet the many faces of evil in the Spotify original from Parcast, Serial Killers. Every Monday and Thursday, take a journey through the origin, evolution, and madness of a real-life murderer, exploring the reasons why they lived to kill. Using extensive research and details you won't hear anywhere else, Serial Killers takes an in-depth look at the horrors beyond the headlines. With hundreds of episodes available to binge and new ones released weekly, get to know the killers, crimes, and cases that left an indelible stain on history. Follow the Spotify original from Parcast, Serial Killers. Listen free only on Spotify. Now back to the story. Fionn had been walking for hours, and still the woods seemed endless. He dared not take the road for fear of being seen. Even in the forest, where usually he felt so at ease, he kept one hand on the hilt of his new sword. 
the soldier who had given him the weapon had cleared off by the time he came back to the camp, but Fionn couldn't go back home. He couldn't face his aunts after dismissing them. So he kept pushing forward. He didn't know what he was looking for. He just knew that it was time for him to leave Schlieve Bloom, to confront his destiny. But he wasn't entirely sure what confronting his destiny looked like in a practical sense. He could say finding McMorna, of course, but how could he find someone when he had no idea where he was himself? Are you the woman who killed her child? Will ya, will ya, wall ya? Are you the woman who killed her child down by the river, Salya? What's that? Fionn's ears pricked. Somewhere, somebody was singing. They put the rope around her neck. Will ya, will ya, wall ya? They put the rope around her neck. Down by the river, Salia. Fionn ran towards the sound, the words growing clearer. Soon he could hear the rushing of water, the splashing of fish. He broke through the trees and came upon a deep river, bubbling merrily. And there, on the shore, was a fisherman. Well, that was the end of the woman in the wood. Will ya, will ya, wall ya? And that was the end of the baby, too. Down by the river, Salia. The man turned swiftly at the sound of Fionn's clapping. Uh, you dare, boy. What do you want? Can't you leave an old man to fish in peace? The man's face softened as he took in Fionn. The boy's face was dirty and scratched, with brambles caught in his curling white hair. He was on the edge of manhood, but it was a child's eyes that looked out from his face, wide and wary. Well, you better come sit. Give me a hand with this fishing line and there'll be dinner in it for you. It wasn't long before Fionn learned practically everything there was to know about the old man. His name was Finnegus. He was a loud, boisterous, friendly old druid, and the only thing he liked better than talking was a good audience. Fionn helped Finnegus set out night fishing lines before they retreated back to the old druid's shack on the riverbank. As they approached the entrance, he held up a lure with a puzzled look. Finnegus, what are you looking to catch with this? The thing in Fionn's hand resembled a bird's nest. Roots and wildflowers tangled together in a ball the size of Fionn's fist. Wrapped around it were green herbs. Fionn recognized dandelions and foxgloves from his aunt's potions, but the rest were strange to him. Oh, that's special bait for a special catch, young Fionn. Help me finish for the night and I'll tell you more. Inside the small shack, Fionn could barely contain his wonder. It was nothing like the dark cabin he'd grown up in, pots constantly bubbling with potions and dyes and foul-smelling herbs. 
Instead, it was bright and orderly. Hand-carved wooden flutes of various sizes hung on one whitewashed wall, each with its own place. On another, there was a great tapestry, a woven map of the island. Fionn hadn't seen many tapestries in his young life, but even he could tell there was something special about this one. The threads glittered like jewels, emerald plains giving way to silver rivers. Golden figures marked different points. Here, there was a group of seals playing in the ocean. There, a giant sat atop a mountain. The figures shimmered softly like they were breathing. Where are the woods at Schlieve Bloom? Finnegus tapped a small copse of golden trees near the center of the map. Right there, south of where the warrior Blime sleeps. Is that your home? It's where I grew up with my aunts. Oh, you've made it a long way, my boy. You've made it all the way here, to the Boyne. Finnegus moved his finger north, pointing now to a glittering fish woven as if it was splashing in a river. What's that in the river? That, dear boy, is the salmon of knowledge. You're making that up. I would not joke about such a thing. The salmon of knowledge is a powerful creature, smarter than any angler. Every day it swims these very waters. It slides through secret passageways in the riverbed to a hidden pool. There, above the water, grows a great hazel as old as the gods. The hazelnuts that grow there are imbued with the wisdom of the world. When they drop into the water, the salmon eats them and absorbs their knowledge. It's for this creature that I dwell here on the Boyne. I must catch it and eat it. So it was foretold, so shall it be. Foretold? There is a prophecy that I, Finnegus, will be the one to catch it. So I've set out my lures with hope every day for seven years. You've been here seven years? Well, six years, eight months, and eleven days to be precise. Finnegus drew the tapestry back from the wall to reveal rows of carved marks, one for each day. There were thousands. I don't understand. Why wait? Why don't you seek out this hidden pool and the hazelnuts? That seems simpler than waiting for it to come to you. If I could, I would have. But alas, the pool is hidden. It may only be found by those who already know where it is. So instead, I must cast my lines. All the wisdom of the earth. Finnegus, do you think if you find the salmon of knowledge, you can use its wisdom to help me? I only want to know two things. How to find Gull McMorna and kill him. Kill McMorna? Why? What business do you have with old Gull? Fionn stiffened, suddenly remembering the soldier in the clearing, how he'd looked at Fionn like a piece of prize meat. He mentally chided himself for being so trusting of strangers. Nothing. I mean, why? Do you know him well? Don't mistake me, boy. I've no love for the one-eyed wretch. There was a time when the Fionn were a noble breed, warriors dedicated to protecting the meek and helpless. 
Now they roam the countryside like a band of thugs, using the High King's name to take whatever they want. Theon relaxed at the disgust in Finnegus's voice. There was no mistaking it. The old druid hated Gaul almost as much as he did. A Wayne like you should have nothing to do with Clan Morna. Plotting to kill a man at your age. That's serious business. Many a lad will seek glory, only to find horror. Fionn raised his eyes to Finnegus, telling him with a look that this was no childish whim or flight of fancy. Almost without thinking, he began to tell a story he'd heard a hundred times, in words that were as much a part of him as his bones. Before I was born, my pa led a band of brave men called the Fiona. His best friend and closest lieutenant was Gull, head of Clan Morna. Together they traveled across Ireland, doing the bidding of the High King, Khan of the Hundred Battles. No woman caught my father's eye until the day he saw Morna, my mother. Born of the gods and beautiful as a winter's day, he knew he had to have her, so he swept her away from her father's castle and gave her the freedom she so desperately wanted. But my grandfather was a miserly man. He did not like people taking his things, least of all his daughter. So he asked the High King to steal my mother back. There was a great battle, and in the very heat of it, my father's right-hand man and sworn brother betrayed him. Gull McMorna ran my father through and used his blood to christen himself the new leader of the Fianna. Gull stole my family from me. My mother was forced to hide me in the woods with my aunts. To save my life, she promised my grandfather she would never see me again. My aunts raised me to sleep with one eye open. No matter how bright the moonlight night might be, agents of McMorna could be hiding in the shadows. But I grew tired of hiding. I knew I had to leave my home. I swore that I would not rest until I avenge my father's death and take back the Fianna. Ah, my poor boy. Unfortunately, this is a story I have heard before, Fionn McCool. You... You know who I am? I suspected. There are still some of us who support your dear father, though he's long laid to rest. Help me catch the salmon, my boy, and I promise I'll do anything I can to see you vanquish McMorna. Fionn leapt to his feet, beaming. Then what are we waiting for? We can go in shifts. I'll watch over the fishing lines. Maybe we should cast some more? <laughs> oh, oh, you'll drive yourself crazy that way, lad. Oh, it's not that simple. The salmon will come when it comes. There's nothing we can do before tomorrow's sun. There must be something. I can't sleep now, Finnegus. I must find that salmon. A lad who can't wait to meet his destiny may be sorely disappointed when he finally comes to it. I... Don't understand. Fionn, I'm an old man. At a certain point, you come to realize things may not always happen the way you plan. But therein lies the beauty of life. It's those surprises that make things interesting. And sometimes, if you truly want to follow your destiny, 
you need to be the one doing the surprising. The first year I fished for the Salmon of Knowledge, I used worms. The second, grubs. The third, flies. So on and so forth, until I was using fish and eggs and even fried pork. But not a nibble. So, the nest? One no bird would ever make. A, a charm. Willow bark for ease and eyebright for clarity. Dandelion roots for power and nettles for luck. And some wild garlic for the taste. At a certain point, lad, you, you need to start thinking outside the box. <sighs> now, it's time for sleep. We'll get to work tomorrow. Fionn closed his eyes and tried to drown out Finnegas's snoring. He thought he could barely sleep for the excitement. Tomorrow, he knew it. They would capture the Salmon of Knowledge. Revenge was within his grasp. Coming up, Fionn goes fishing. Now, back to the story. You're back into it, boy! Uh, I've got it! Finnegas, I swear I... Fionn fell backward onto the bank of the River Boyne, and there, wriggling at the end of his hook, was a slimy, slippery eel. It had been months since Fionn had come upon Finnegas in the woods. In that time, the old druid had become a dear companion. While the animals had taught him the ways of survival and his ants had taught him the wonders of nature, Finnegas taught Fionn the secrets of the mind. Where before Fionn accepted, now he questioned. Listening to the old druid's poems and songs, he learned how words that looked so innocent and clear could hide myriad meanings. With just a little digging, nothing was ever exactly as it seemed. In keeping with that spirit, today Fionn tied a new type of bait to their lines, hazelnuts, just like the ones that legendarily fell in the hidden pool. He'd hoped he could trick the salmon of knowledge into biting them, but so far, all he'd caught was an ever-growing pile of eels. I'm trying again, Finnegas. I have a good feeling about today. <laughs> you say that every day, lad. Well, eventually, I'll be right. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Finnegas, what would you do when you catch the salmon? Uh, I'd have all the knowledge in the world, of course. Okay, but what about after that? I hadn't thought that far. <laughs> Funny thing, I suppose. Bring it to the people. Travel around the country and share my knowledge with every king and cobbler. What's the good of knowledge if it can't be shared, eh? Finnegas stared at the fishing lines bobbing up and down in the river for a long time. Finnegas? Quiet, boy. Look at my fishing line. There, rippling under the surface, was a quick-moving flash of silver. It nosed the hazelnuts, then bit down. They had the salmon of knowledge on the line. This is it! Grab around my middle and pull! 
We're not letting this devil get away! Fionn did as he was told, holding Finnegas steady on the riverbank. With each thrash of the salmon's tail, he could feel the creature's immense strength. We've got him! Oh, praise the sea, we've got him! (laughs) With a mighty flick of its tail, the salmon leapt clear of the river. Its silver scales shone in the sun like diamonds. For a moment, it hung, suspended in midair. Finnegas took one look into the salmon's ruby eyes and collapsed to the ground. Finnegas, no! Fionn ran to his teacher's side. He pressed his head to the old druid's chest. Still beating and snoring? Finnegas, are you asleep? Wake up! Fionn shook Finnegas, but the old man wouldn't wake. Something in the salmon's eyes had sent him into a deep, irreversible sleep. The salmon, sensing an opportunity, gave a mighty tug. The fishing line snapped, but the salmon did not flee. It bobbed calmly in the water, almost like it was waiting for something. No! Hold on! Fionn dashed into the water. He shielded his eyes as the salmon turned to face him. I can't look at him head on, but maybe... Fionn tore a long strip of cotton from his shirt. He tied it around his eyes, leaving himself in total darkness. He listened to the splashing of the river, trying to hear the salmon. Now, where are you? There, you won't get away that easily, little fish! Fionn dove into the river. In the dark, the peaceful river was an entirely different beast. The current buffeted Fionn back and forth, forcing him underwater. He spluttered and gasped. He couldn't tell which way was up or which way down. Fionn began to panic. He ripped the blindfold from his eyes, but he was too turned around. Water rushed into his lungs as he swam toward what he hoped was the surface. The daylight narrowed to pinpricks in his eyes. His lungs burned. With a mighty effort, he kicked off a rock, hoping it would propel him up to the air. Fionn broke through the surface and struggled to the shore, gasping and coughing up water. He laid next to Finnegas as he caught his breath. Cursed fish! How can I catch it if I cannot see? Finnegas, what should I do? But the old druid was out cold. Fionn lay on the bank, trying to think as Finnegas would. If he were awake, he'd probably say something very profound and very frustrating. Something like, if you can't use your eyes, then follow your nose. Or look with your fingers, not with your eyes. But that's silly. Unless... Once again, Fionn wrapped a blindfold around his eyes. 
And once again, he waded into the waters of the Boyne. But this time, he didn't dive into the rushing current. He stood fast in the middle of the stream, water rushing past his hips. And he waited. It was not in Fionn's nature to stand still, but he rooted himself to the spot, digging his toes under the rocks to anchor them in the soft silt below. With each swirling eddy that tickled his sides, he resisted the temptation to shift and scratch. Before long, the fish came. They're simple animals without long memories, so to them it seemed like the strange warm tree that grew in the middle of the river had always been there and would always be. They swam between Fionn's legs and hid in the folds of his shirt. They slept by his ankles and nibbled at the skin between his toes, and still he stood unmoving. For three days and three nights, Fionn waited in the river. It was agonizing. First, the water chilled his legs, turning them numb. Then the cramps set in, but he fought to remain as still as possible. Waiting so long without sunlight began to play tricks on Fionn. By the first night, he fancied that below the sound of the rushing water, he could hear whispering voices. By the second, he was sure that it was the river itself waiting for him to collapse. By the third night, Fionn was certain it was only a matter of time before the river pulled him under. Despite his fears, he remained. He held the remaining hazelnuts in his hands, letting their scent travel with the current. And on the fourth morning, his waiting came to an end. I can feel you here, my wise companion. Though he was blind and shivering, deafened by the sound of the water, Fionn could tell that something had changed. A presence swam nearby, the Salmon of Knowledge. Fionn breathed slowly. His muscles were stiff from disuse, but if he tensed them now, he might alert his foe. Slowly, painstakingly, he uncurled his fingers to hold a single hazelnut out in the water. That's it, my friend. Just like the ones from the hidden pool. Soft, scaly lips brushed Fionn's outstretched fingers. They sent a jolt of energy up his arm. True power, as old as time itself, lived inside this fish. Easy, little fish. Plenty more hazelnuts for you. The salmon swam into Fionn's waiting hands. He could feel its scales against his palms. It made Fionn feel like weeping. I'm sorry, my friend. I know you want to live, as do I. But just as I have a destiny that awaits me, so too do you. In one quick motion, Fionn scooped the fish out of the water, holding it aloft. It fought desperately, wriggling and snapping, trying to get free. But Fionn held fast until he felt the last gasping breath die on its lips. The salmon was his. Phidigus! Phidigus! What? Who? Who? What's going on? 
The old man sat up on the riverbank. What have you got there, boy? Fionn waded close to shore, holding the fish aloft in triumph. Could it be? <laughs> My boy, you've done it! <laughs> you've caught the salmon of knowledge! <laughs> <laughs> no, Finnegus, you're the one who caught it. If you hadn't taught me other ways of thinking, the salmon would still be in the river. The prophecy came true. <sighs> Not quite. Light up the fire, my boy. We've got a salmon to cook. Fionn beamed as he watched the fish sizzle in the pan. It was an accident that had brought him here, getting lost in the woods. But perhaps it was fate he found Finnegus all those months ago. Outside the hut, Finnegus searched through the undergrowth for herbs to add to the dish. Finnegus, hurry up! I doubt the wisdom of the world tastes good overcooked. In fact, I'd better flip it over before all the knowledge gets burned. Fionn flipped the fish in the pan. It landed on the edge and pitched forward towards the flames. No! He put a hand to stop it. Cursed fish! Fionn pulled his hand sharply back from the fire. His thumb glistened red from where he had touched the oily fish and the hot pan. Gingerly, he rescued both fish and pan from the flames and returned them to the cooking grate. Without thinking, he stuck his stinging thumb in his mouth. Quiet! Please! It's too loud! You're splitting my head in two! Help! Finnegus, help me! Fionn? Boy, what's wrong? Fionn lay motionless on the ground, his thumbs still in his mouth. Slowly, he blinked awake. What's this? Have you hurt your hand, boy? What's wrong? Come, come sit up. Look at me, look at me. Did you burn yourself? Your eyes. Fionn, what's wrong? Nothing, teacher. Only, I can see so much. The old man dropped his pen. Startled, Mary the barmaid looked around. She'd been so engrossed in his story, she hadn't realized how late it had gotten. The pub had almost emptied, just a few regulars still deep in their cups at the bar. I'm sorry, Mary. I must stop now and rest. It's too late for these old bones. You want to know what he saw? Come sit with me tomorrow, and I promise to tell you. Mary begged the old man to tell her something. He couldn't leave the story hanging like that. Very well. But let's leave Fionn and Finnegus for now. Let them enjoy their victory for the time being. For you see, at that very same moment, danger was brewing elsewhere in the country. Near the hill of Tara where King Khorne had summoned all his warriors for Samhain. (laughs) 
The one-eyed man peered down from the dais at his men below. They were growing antsy. The assembled warriors listened to the burning man's song drifting through the night. For nearly two decades, the one-eyed man had tried to outsmart the burning man. But every Samhain, Tara burned. This time, though, the one-eyed man knew it must be different. Something was coming. Something that could turn the tide. Something familiar. The door to the hall burst open, and his guards dragged a strange man up to the dais. He was young, dressed in skins with a large shield. A soldier of fortune, it seemed, with curling, coppery hair. Go, McMorna. My lord, I have news for you. You'll never guess who I found in the woods. Thanks again for tuning in to Mythology. Join us next week for the next chapter of Fionn McCool's story. You can find more episodes of Mythology and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. If you enjoy Mythology, you'll love my other podcast, Tales. Traditional fairy tales aren't exactly suitable for children, and every Wednesday, we dive into the dark origins of both iconic and obscure fables. We'll be back next week with the conclusion to this epic story. Mythology is a Spotify original from Parcast. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler. Sound design by Brian Golub, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Freddie Beckley. This episode of Mythology was written by Molly Quinlan, with writing assistance by Robert Teamstra and Andrew Kelleher. Fact-checking by Bennett Logan, and research by Adriana Gomez. The amazing cast of voice actors includes Drew Lawn, Samia Mounts, Ellie Schiff, and Laith Walshleger. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Their names have become larger than life. Their crimes, some of the most heinous in history. Their stories, examined each week on the Spotify original from Parcast, Serial Killers. Every Monday and Thursday, journey past the headlines and into the minds and motives of the murderers who forever changed the face of history. Follow the Spotify original from Parcast, Serial Killers. Listen free only on Spotify.